Welcome to this episode of the Public Circle Podcast. My name is Adam Olson. I'm the member of the British Columbia Legislative Assembly for Saanich North and the Islands. As an elected official, I get the opportunity of meeting a lot of people. And we were having a lot of conversations in our constituency office and in coffee shops around the riding. And I was introduced to all of the incredible work that's being done by community members and the advocacy work that's being done on behalf of our community by community members and community organizations. I wanted to be able to provide an, uh, a way for other community members and groups to hear and to connect and to be connected. And so that's the reason why I started the Public Circle podcast. In this episode, I connect with Janine Fernandez-Hayden. Uh, we connect by Zoom. This is the first time that uh, I've tried to, to do this uh, uh, this way. In, in past episodes, we've had a face-to-face conversation. And uh, in this episode, we connect over Zoom. So the audio is a bit choppy. Uh, it's, it's, it's not quite the quality that I'd like uh, to maintain, but we'll continue to try to improve ways to connect with people locally. Um, and by that, I mean both here in Sydney and on the Saanich Peninsula, but as well throughout the southern Gulf Islands. So we'll continue to try to find ways uh, to make sure that the quality of that audio is improved. But to honor the conversation that I had with Janine, I thought I would produce this podcast anyway and publish it because, well, frankly, 100 Plus Women Who Care is a pretty cool organization. And so here is my conversation with the co-founder of 100 Plus Women Salt Spring, Janine Fernandez-Hayden. I hope you enjoy it. So welcome, Janine Fernandez-Hayden. Thank you very much for joining uh, me this afternoon. And, great. Thanks, uh, Adam, for, for, for uh, having me. Yeah, it's great. It's, uh, it's great to be able to chat about uh, this really important work that you do uh, on, on Salt Spring Island with respect to uh, the 100-plus women who care. And I was, I was first introduced uh, to this, uh, the chapter that was on the, on the uh, Saanich Peninsula, and then we had a conversation, and I really wanted to uh, give profile to the work. So maybe first, let's start. Uh, who are you, and and how, and and uh, maybe a little bit about uh, who Janine Fernandez Hayden is. Okay. Well, I have lived on Salt Spring Island for the past fifteen years, so it's. Uh, I'm I'm starting to feel more and more rooted and and, and part of the fabric. Um, I, I live here with my husband, who imported me over from. From Victoria, uh, we have four four young children. Uh, so, um, yeah, we're, we're quite established here in this community. Um, I the reason for me being interested in 100 Women Salt Spring Who Cares uh, just stems from um, me having been involved in the community in, in many different ways. I um, I sat as the chair of the uh, uh, the chair of the uh, granting committee for Salt Spring Island Foundation, and learned a lot about how um, you know, from, from from funders' point of view, um, how granting occurs. Um, I then uh, worked for Volunteer and Community Resources on the island. It's a it's an organization that's no longer, but when when it was in existence, its mandate was to uh, support uh, organizational capacity of not for profits and to promote volunteerism on the island. Uh, currently, I am the uh, acting executive director. For Swova, and uh, this is is what I do uh, on the side, 
along with juggling family and, and other commitments. Just in your role, uh, maybe I know SWOVA is a, uh, a wonderful organization on Salt Spring as well. So maybe provide a little bit of background as to what uh, the acronym SWOVA stands for and what SWOVA does uh, on a day-to-day -day basis in order to help lift the community of Salt Spring Island up. Uh, SWOVA stands for Salt Spring Women Opposed to Violence Association. Um, it's, uh, it, it's about 20 years old now. And uh, while its work has, has, has evolved, um, really the essence of it remains the same. And that is to prevent um, violence and discrimination along, um, along all the lines that it can occur, be it uh, along gender lines, uh, race, um, ageism, uh, any kind of variable. And so a lot of our work is the preventive work. Um, we also do a significant amount um, of work to, to address gender-based violence um, and uh, promoting educational uh, events and uh, opportunities in, on the island, such as the December 6th Memorial, as well as International Women's Day. Awesome. Well, thank you for the work that you do uh, on both fronts. And uh, maybe we can uh, start to unpack a little bit about what uh, 100 plus women uh, who care is about. And I know that uh, Salt Spring Island is one chapter of many, but start starting with uh, the, the group uh, or the, the, the idea of the organization overall. What is, okay. it, what is it that you do? Okay, well, let me just say that this idea isn't new. It's been around for about 13 years. It started in, in Michigan. There was a woman, Karen Dunnigan, who was, um, uh, she was on the board of a, a center for family health, and it came to her that there was a desperate need for cribs for babies. And she thought, well, hmm, I know a lot of people in the community. I could probably round up 10 women to give uh, $1,000 each. But then she got thinking, and she thought, well, but I know even more than that. And I could probably round up 100 women to give 100. Mm -hmm. And so within, within days, uh, they raised uh, $10,000 to uh, be put towards this, this need, this urgent need of, of cribs in their community. So Karen Sonny knew that she had sparked on something that was pretty special. And from there, the seed was planted, which developed into 100, 100 women who care. So, as I said, it's been around for 13 years um, on the island, um, Vancouver Island and Salt Spring Island included, there are 13 chapters. So I think that's pretty impressive for, you know, this little area. And uh, while it started off as 100 women who care, uh, there have certainly been a number of different spin-offs. There are 100 men who care, 100 people who care, 100 kids who care. So you can see that um, it's had a good run and obviously it's a very, very successful model. I found out about it from a friend who lives up in the Nanus Bay Oceanside area. Uh, their, their organization has been running for about three years and uh, this friend of mine used to live on the island and she said, you know what, this could really fly on South Spring. It needs to happen. And so there's where the, the seed was planted uh, for me. And uh, from there, it required getting together a spark plug uh, group of women to, to support it. And here we are, uh, two meetings later, having raised uh, close to $30,000. 30000 in in two meetings. And people might think, wow, that's a, and it's true, that is a very substantive number and uh, in, in two get-togethers. So maybe break down for people just 
who are completely unfamiliar with this, okay. how it works. How, how do you raise $30,000 in okay. meetings? And, and what does a meeting look like, I guess? Sounds good. So um, uh, the first thing is for, uh, for a member to join the group. And when the member joins, um, they are making the commitment to give $100 per meeting for three meetings per year. So they're committed to at least a year. At the end of that year, they can choose whether to continue or maybe their priorities have changed, but they are committing for $300 the year. Once uh, a member uh, joins, joins the group, what they are able to do is nominate a charity. So they can put forth the name of a charity which they feel could use the funds that are raised by, by the group. Um, and, uh, the charities that are nominated have to be registered not-for-profits. Uh, they have to um, ensure that the money, if they, went, uh, if they are awarded it, is used locally. And uh, so those are the two, the two big ones. So, um, and now, so let me back up. So looking at the big picture, the, the initial goal was 100 members. So you can see how um, it's very easy for this to amass at uh, 100 members times $100 per meeting is $10,000 per meeting. Mm -hmm. So let me go back now to the nomination process. So charities are then nominated. Their name gets put into a nominations basket. Then at the meeting, three, three names of organizations are pulled from the basket right then and then. No one in the group, in the audience, will know before that who's gonna be required to speak. Hmm. If that, that, that organization is chosen from the basket, that member who has nominated then has the opportunity to come up and speak for five minutes on why they feel that charity should be awarded the funds. Five minutes is not a lot of time. Mm -hmm. So what we say to the members is, this is all about heart. Uh, a member who is going up and rolling out an organization strategic plan, is <laughs> mm, not gonna be very impactful. So what we say to them is, tell us who you are. Why does this organization mean so much to you? What does it do? Uh, do you have testimonials? Uh, were you a volunteer? Are you a staff member? Have you benefited from, from, from the services of the organization? So it, it's five minutes. In the past two meetings, we have had just such a variety of, of speeches. And uh, all the women who have gone up um, at, at present have just been great role models of, of the fact that it isn't there isn't any one way of doing, doing the pitch, but it really does come from the heart. So after the three members have given their speeches, then it is up to the members of 100 women to vote. So they can vote for one organization, and at the end of the night, those votes are calculated, and the organization that has gained the most number of votes is awarded the funds. And so that organization gets 100% of the $100 checks that are in the room that night. That is right. You, you raise a really important um, point there. The organizing group committee, we call ourselves the planning committee, um, we're, we're, you know, we, we facilitate uh, this coming together. We are all volunteers. Everything that we do and need for this has been uh, sponsored 100% by groups in the community, from our website, to our logo, to the venue, to the food, uh, 
you know, to the supplies. So nothing, um, nothing comes back to anyone but the organization. Another really important piece to remember is, um, again, we're brokering the relationship between the members and the organization. So people ask us, well, what about tax receiving? The steering committee, the planning committee, we don't do any of that. It is then up to the organization to do the tax receipts for all of the members who have donated the funds. So one of the things that we ask organizations when we qualify them and let them know that they've been nominated is, are you able to write 100 plus tax receipts within a, a one month period? Hmm. Right, and so there are uh, two thirds of the uh, organizations uh, are not selected. Do they get to go back into the basket again at some point and be to be reconsidered? Once once an organization is in the basket, they stay in the basket until number one, the member who nominated decides that they no longer want to be a member of 100 Women. Number two, uh, when that organization wins the funds, at which point they're not eligible for another three years. Or number three, when the member who is nominated decides that she wants to change her nomination. So a member can only nominate one organization. However, here's where the strategy comes in. An organization can be nominated by more than one member. So it becomes a, becomes a game of probability. The more nominations you have in the basket for any given organization, the more likely it is that they're going to be selected. Wow, and so you've had uh, two meetings uh, on Salt Spring and uh, two uh, very deserving organizations. A democratic process determines, so uh, deserving from the people that were in the room. Who, who have been uh, uh, successful? Which organizations have been successful uh, in this process? Uh, I guess, uh, who do other organizations on Salt Spring, uh, as an extension of this, want to... Uh, to approach because they've obviously been very successful at pitching uh, the organization to the group, but which, yeah. which, uh, which groups have been successful so far to receive the, uh, the, uh, the, the money in the room that night? Well, what, what's been really good about um, looking at all the organizations that have been nominated, when we were planning this, it was really important for us to ensure that there was a diversity of, of community needs being represented from agriculture to education to, to health uh, to, you know, making sure that everyone was covered. And what's been really lovely is when I look at the list of now 19 organizations that have been represented or that have been nominated, we have a really nice representation. And we noticed that at the first meeting, uh, the three organizations whose names were drawn were uh, the local chapter of the SPCA, the Farmland Trust, and Salt Spring Senior Services Society. Mm. At that first meeting, it was Salt Spring Senior Services Society that, that, that was awarded the funds. At our second meeting, the organizations that were nominated were um, Greenwood's Elder Care Society, Island Pathways, and uh, a Salt Spring Therapeutic Riding Association. So even from those six, you can see that there's such a broad range of, of uh, service areas that, that have already been, been reflected. One of the aspects of this job that I really appreciate as the, as the provincial representative is the opportunity uh, to connect with so many, with, with the diversity in our community. And, and certainly um, we hear on a regular basis, the need that's there uh, from a, from a diverse, uh, from the diverse sectors that, that exists. Um, and 
uh, I think that there's been some conditioning that, you know, government knows best or government can answer these questions uh, best, uh, leave it up to government. One of the things that, uh, that I recognize is that the community does a pretty good job of helping solve a lot of the problems out there and well ahead of government ever being able to. And I think that this is an example. This uh, group, a community uh, organization, is an example of that. And that is, you know, communities helping each other, finding the solutions for each other. Well, and I, I think the, 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 the piece of what you're saying that has even more salience for Salt Spring Island is that really when we look at our community, um, the gears of this community are dependent on volunteers and on the not-for-profit sector. Um, it is the not-for-profit sector and the volunteers who are doing the work in, in, um, in, in significant ways. So um, this is, for me, uh, why, this, why this initiative is so important. Because, um, you know, putting the funding aside, and there's no doubt, you know, when we're looking at the amounts that are raised through 100 women, um, you know, being a part of a not-for-profit myself, I know that we all have wish lists, wish lists of what we could do and should do and aspirations of how we can make uh, our, our work and, 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 and the community better, but we're defined by these funding realities um, that really put limits on what can be achieved. Um, so no doubt, getting a, a huge chunk um, of $20,000 makes a serious dent uh, for an organization in terms of them being able to achieve their mandate. But putting funding aside, for me, the bigger piece here for an, a community such as uh, South Spring Island that, again, is so dependent on its not-for-profit sector mm -hmm. is the community engagement piece. Mm -hmm. um, um, drawing people into what, is, what the needs are of the community. Um, the other piece that I mentioned is um, drawing in new volunteers. Again, this community is so dependent on volunteers. And having been a volunteer on this island, I know that one of the challenges that not-for-profits face is how do we access new volunteers? How do we keep the tried and true volunteers from getting so burnt out? We need to broaden the scope and, and embrace more of our community and engage more of them. And I think that's what this initiative does on the bigger scheme. Uh, the important piece, you know, for me, um, you know, I am also an educator, is having members listen firsthand to what is going on with these these organizations. It's that education piece that I think is so powerful. And, you know, what I try to say with all organizations is at the end of the night, even if you haven't been awarded the funds, think about the impact that you have made. You've had an attentive audience. For us now, we are at 184 members. So you have a, an a audience of 184 members who have heard your mis message and may in the future um, become a future volunteer or contribute to your organization in a very different way. So um, that's the piece that I think is, is um, really significant for our community. Yeah, and, and the more connections that are made, uh, this is actually the, the, the key to, uh, to work at, at the community level from, a, from an elected official's perspective. And that is making those connections. Uh, uh, you know, I, I think certainly taking the message to government and, and trying to find those solutions is a is a big piece of it. But connecting uh, local people, uh, helping them solve each other's ish, uh, challenges, uh, and and uh, addressing the issues that that they have. I, I can, and in fact, I know on from the uh, 
the example that uh, one of the examples on the Sandwich Peninsula is that uh, organization that my uh, wife worked for was was in the mix and and wasn't selected. But uh, after the fact, after the meeting, uh, a few people came up and said, "Hey, we'd be more than happy to be." You you got our vote and you didn't win, but uh, you know we'd be more than happy to also uh, contribute, and they they got donations uh, through that as well. And and like you said, oftentimes the sweat equity, the volunteer work is is uh, as welcome as the the, the funding. Um, yeah, that's keeping, right. Uh, right. Nonprofit community organizations going. So you have a hundred and eighty four members. It started with uh, a, a small handful. Um, perhaps just to, uh, you can highlight just kind of what your growth has been like. You've, you've been going now for, uh, I'm just making a guess about six to eight months or so. I, I, I'm just marveled by it. And I just keep asking myself, what is it about this that is so powerful? We started off, you know, and uh, our, our planning committee started off in May. We had two meetings. Um, we have a, again, a lean mean machine of a, of a group here. Uh, we launched. We launched uh, six weeks before, so we started in September, uh, six weeks leading up to the November eighth meeting. And uh, pr- prior to our launch, we had the discussion. Well, what what would be the limit? You know, where would we just say we call it quits in terms of numbers that that register, and and what is that threshold be- between uh, going ahead versus just stopping? We all kind of thought, you know what? At bare minimum, if we got ten members. That's a thousand dollars, and anyone who is involved in the not-for-profit sector knows that even a thousand dollars can go a long way. So we thought, okay, bare minimum ten members. Um, I kind of thought, well, I know that Oceanside had sixty, so I want at least to have sixty. Um, so we launched it, and um, within the first first day, we had six. Uh, a week after the launch date, we had an orientation session. By then, we had twenty-eight. After a second orientation session, we had 60. By the time the meeting came around, we were at 129. And so uh, it was, uh, it, it surpassed our expectation. In fact, the joke uh, in the intro remarks leading into that meeting was just to say to the ladies, you know, we're sorry to have to disappoint you, and this is really embarrassing, but we need to change our name because now we're 100 plus women. <laughs> And ever since that, it's just been jumping. And I think the power of it is, is that it is so simple. Um, people might think, you know what, I don't know where my $100 can go. And, and that's, um, you know, uh, I think there, there's an awareness piece there in terms of letting people know, well, actually anything that you give can, can make a difference. However, I think people think, well, my small amount may not be able to go anywhere, but combined with 100 and, you know, 180 women, wow, that's a big impact. I think the other piece that I haven't mentioned yet is our two meetings have been over and done in 45 minutes. Mm. So it is, is low investment, high impact, high education. So they're getting a lot of bang for their buck, you know, pardon the pun. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and it's easy. Right. Um, so that that's that's what I think it is. I think there's also a networking piece. Um, one of the you know women people people just like to connect. People like to network. Um, people like to network around things they're passionate about, around learning, about talking about issues. And so a lot of women have said, you know, well, we really, we really want to meet each other. Uh, one of those side benefits that that I can 
speak from um, wearing my Svolta hat is that our board chair happened to be sitting next to a woman at the first meeting. And guess what? We now have a new board member. <laughs> right. So uh, there's just there's just so many lovely benefits to this model. It's the it is the uh, uh, mix of the the value that a chamber of commerce uh, traditionally had in a community and bringing business the business people together uh, to exchange ideas and to exchange uh, yeah as well to exchange ideas uh, but then as well the online crowdsourcing funding model that uh, as you as you mentioned you know if I have five dollars to put into something that uh, that moves me, but I only have $5, uh, that's not going to be enough to actually kickstart something. But if, but if, you know, a hundred people or a thousand people or 500 people put $5 behind something. So it's that you get that mix of, uh, like you said, of, of you're able to contribute, even though it's, it's not a, a giant sum of money, it's a substantive amount. And, and then not only that, but you get to go and, and spend some time, the, the fellowship, uh, side of it, yeah. which I think humans, you know, in, in our world where where everything's, you know, lots of things are moving towards, uh, you know, digital and online engagements, um, we're really striving and yearning for uh, interhuman interactions with each other. Mm-hmm. No, that that's a good way to look at it in terms of looking at those two models pulling together. And everyone's business, everyone's time is is very tight. So forty five minutes, you're able to get all of those things in a very uh, quick turnaround, so. Yeah, yeah. You know, the one piece that I didn't mention, um, Adam, which is really important to this model, because people ask about the accountability piece of it, right? right. Um, you know, there's no reports that need to be written and things like that, but the accountability lies in, at the subsequent meeting, uh, the organization that won the funds has to come back and tell the group how the funds have been used. So while the planning committee is, is, is hurriedly uh, counting all the, all the ballots, that the, the awarded organization from the previous meeting has 10 minutes to, to talk. And uh, people really, really, you know, that's important for people to know where their funds have gone. Well, uh, so 184 members, is there, is there an upper limit? Is it, is it going to be 200 plus women? Okay. <laughs> There, is there any, what's the largest group amongst uh, all of the different chapters? Do, do, you know? do you know what? I think Vancouver hit, a, oh, no, sorry, not Vancouver, Victoria. I think Victoria hit up to 300. Right. You know, I think um, we'll have to see. We're certainly, def- uh, you know, we, we are limited geographically in terms of our reach. It, it seems to me that, that you know, uh, I think Oceanside is, is maybe 150. Um, in terms of where we expand to, um, I think we're, we're in the stage of, of, of growing and building um, in terms of what the implications are. If we get too big, um, I think it's too premature to tell. I think you need to give it a, a year or two to mellow out and see kind of where people's commitments are. Uh, but certainly uh, your initial question was, what is the upper limit? Um, I don't think we're going to change um, all of our promo- promotional stuff to, to be 200 plus. I yeah. think 100 plus gets, gets across the, um, the idea that, that we are not limited. Um, the only thing that might limit us here is, is finding a venue big enough, but hey, what a problem to have. And that that is a fantastic uh, that is a fantastic problem to have. And your next meeting will be in the summertime, so maybe it can happen uh, on a well, farm somewhere. Well, somewhere. it'll be May fifteenth, so it's coming up in a in a little bit here. But um, 
um, we're, we're good for a little bit where we are and uh, really grateful to have um, ArtSpring as, as a fabulous venue. Awesome. So uh, maybe just in wrapping up here, you can let people uh, know who are interested if we've piqued their interest, how they can get a hold of you and find out when that and where that uh, meeting in May is going to be. Okay. If people are interested, they can uh, connect with our website at www.100womensaltspring.org. Uh, on that website, they can find all the information they need. If they have any questions, they can send us an email at info at 100womensaltspring.org. Our next meeting is uh, May 15th. What we normally do is we open the doors at 6 o'clock for people to come and, and uh, pick up their, their, their name tags and to register. Uh, we have an orientation session for new members at 6.15, so if they need to find out a bit more details, they, they can get that orientation right there and then. The meeting starts at 7 o'clock, and, and if we are following our same trend, we should be done by 7.45. Excellent. Is there anything else that, uh, that we might have missed in this conversation that you'd like to, to just note before we wrap up? Do you know what? I think a, a, a thanks. A thanks to, to the women who have had faith and confidence and trust in this model, because I think it is very much a we. It doesn't happen just through the planning committee. It is, you know, 184 women who are making this happen. So I really want to acknowledge that. I also really want to acknowledge the the community sponsors that um, have made this happen. Um, Country Grocer, uh, BMO, uh, Malcolm Malcolm Design, Associations First, uh, Island Dental. There's a number of them who have allowed this to happen. So um, I really always want to make sure that they get recognized. So they uh, those partners are all on your website. Yes, they are. So I'm just I'm just because uh, we uh, named off a few of them. I think that it would be good for to so Malcolm Design. Country yes, Grocer, please. Island Dental Center, um, Associations First, BMO, yep. Ramon yep. Lamb Photography, the Salt right. Spring Exchange, the Gulf Islands Driftwood, Salt Spring Island Public Library. Three anonymous donors uh, are all the uh, contributors to make this um, amazing contribution to the community go. Yes, thank you. Yeah, thank Not you. Not a for problem. Just wanted to make sure that we didn't. Uh, uh, miss any of them in the list. Uh, Janine, I'm, oh, sorry, I'm glad you did. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I come from a sponsorship and marketing background, so I recognize that we've got to acknowledge the people that are uh, helping make, uh, make it work. So Janine, thank you very much for, uh, for taking some time to talk about this, uh, this organization, uh, uh, 100 Plus Women and on Salt Spring Island. And I, and I do know, you know, I have the, the honor of representing Salt Spring and the passion uh, of, of the island and the community. Um, is a, it's a very, very strong community and a, a very compassionate community. And so I have no doubt uh, that this is going to continue to be a very successful uh, venture and a very successful for uh, the important uh, work that the community does, the volunteers and uh, on Salt Spring Island. So thank you. Thanks to you on Great. behalf of uh, the, the whole community for the work that you've done to help bring this together and um, all the best. And great. May. And thank you. Thank you, Adam, for your appreciation. And uh, thank you for being really generous with your time in, in listening and, and being curious. Much appreciated.
Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Public Circle Podcast. Uh, my name is Adam Olson. I'm the member of the Legislative Assembly in British Columbia for Saanich North in the Islands. I hope you enjoyed this uh, episode and the conversation with Janine, about 100-plus women who care, the Salt Spring Island chapter. If you want to find out more information about 100-plus women who care, you can go to 100womensaltspring.org, and you can check uh, them out. There's also uh, other chapters. You can Google them and find those other chapters in the community uh, near where you live. It is really a phenomenal organization helping out other phenomenal organizations at a grassroots level, at a, at a community level uh, in communities right across the province and across the country and throughout North America. If you want to find out more about the work that we do in our constituency office, you can check out our website, SanageNorthInTheIslands.com. I also blog every day, and uh, you can see that on my blog, uh, AdamOlsonMLA.ca. If you want to contact my office, you can call us at 250-655-5600, or you can email us at adam.olson.mla at leg.bc.ca. Frankly, emailing us is the best way to connect with us. It allows us to uh, keep track of uh, all of the incoming advocacy that uh, is coming from our community. Uh, It allows us to respond and to keep you up to date as we continue to do work on each and every file and each and every issue that comes uh, through uh, the email gateway. It's never a bad idea to, uh, to give us a phone call either or drop into our constituency office, which is in the landmark building at the foot of Beacon. You can find out all that information, all the contact information at SanageNorthInTheIslands.com. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Janine. Please share the episode, uh, let people know about uh, the Public Circle podcast, uh, share it with them, and let them know that they can find it in all the places that you can find podcasts. So, until next time, hi